Welcome to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. What's your train wreck? Everyone has one. The question is, are you going to live there or are you just visiting? Let's check in with Mary Fran and Kristen to learn how to come through not broken, but brilliant. Hey everyone, before we dive into this week's episode, we have a resource that we wanted to tell you about. Transform every week of yours with our brilliance bit that will deliver right to your email inbox. Sign up for it at brilliantlyresilient.net and keep living brilliantly resilient. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. I'm Mary Fran Bontempo here with my buddy, Kristen Smedley, and we have we have a sister with us today, and I am so excited. I met, air quotes here for those who can't see us, this fabulous woman a number of years ago, and I saw her online, and I knew that she was, I think, probably in her 50s at the time, and the girl had on thigh-high boots, and I was like, I got to be friends with this lady. So we have our sister, Catherine Grace O'Connell, with us today. I'm so excited. We always love having you back because you just make us feel so great about this place that we're in, the queen of modern midlife, folks, Catherine Grace O'Connell. Thanks for joining us. Oh, my goodness. Are you sure I am deserving? Did you have somebody else in mind here? Like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I did not. Those That picture with those thigh-high boots will stay with me forever and be my inspiration when I'm tempted to pull on sweatpants yet again. (laughs) Oh, you're so cute. Well, I swear to God, if there's something about midlife, because earlier in my life. I don't care if I was 20, 30, 40. I would never put those boots on. And the minute I put them on, I think I was like 55, 56 the first time. And I was like, like, it's like life changing. It's like transformative. I'm like, Whoa, what was that? I got a little sexy and you know, all that in me. So I highly recommend it even like without clothes, stomp around your house with nobody seeing you and you know, dance like nobody's watching in thigh high boots and it might just change your life forever. I can see that because you, I mean, you personify this confidence and this, this beauty that so many of us feel we don't deserve when we get to be middle-aged and that's a tragedy in and of itself. And, and we're actually going to, not that this next word is a tragedy, but a lot of us think it is the M word, the menopause word that we think that once we hit that, I know I said it. It'd be censored and beeped and like, oh. I said dun, the dun, <laughs> <laughs> because everybody thinks life just stops after that. You know that it's just this tragic event and every piece of your womanhood is just going to evaporate after that. And you've shown us that that's not the case. So we wanted to have you here to talk about that in very real terms and not for nothing, but to see her. You guys got to see her. If you're listening to this, go watch this episode on Facebook because you have to see this woman. Oh, you're so cute. Well, you know, I love this conversation and we are so going to change this um, whole framework around it of being a four letter word, something we don't talk about. Because honestly, when I hit menopause, I'm 60, almost 62, 61, very soon 62. But um, I hit it when I was 55, 56. And it was like a brick wall. I was like, what is this? I had no idea what I was going through. And I was 
miserable. I was sobbing wet all night long. I'd have to get up four times in the middle of the night, like find another place on the bed that wasn't sobbing my whole head to toe. Like I took a shower, I'd have to change into pajamas. I'd run out of pajamas and just be naked under these sopping wet sheets. And so I'm exhausted during the day because I haven't slept at night and my moods were all over, uh, you know, sex, everything uh, awful. So it was a really miserable time for me. And I remember going into my doctor and she had taken my hormone levels. This is spring of, I don't even, it was like about six years ago. And she'd taken my hormone levels in the spring through blood work. I came back in the fall. And this is after I was going through these horrific, like um, menopausal symptoms. And I was perfectly normal men perimenopausal levels in spring. By fall, she's like gone. I cannot, they're clinically unmeasurable. So that fast, I went literally crashing into menopause, which means like you go into, this is a late time puberty, right? But all my hormones were crashing, which means that everything was awry. And that was dramatic, but so many of us have these experiences later in life. And I'd never had a conversation, not with my mom, not with my friends. Nobody was talking menopause at that point. So it was still this, oh, well, we don't talk about this. And it took me quite a while to really go out publicly and talk about it. And last year I did a collaboration several months with a menopause brand. And I did a deep dive into the history of menopause to understand why we still have this cultural shame around it. And it really is, it was called the curse initially. Like, and it's because we were no longer necessary from a fertility standpoint, right? Menopause is our estrogen plummets because we're not having babies anymore. We're not making babies anymore. We're not meant to make babies anymore. So we literally don't have value. That was our value in tied to men and relationships. And at that point, so long ago, when this whole curse, you know, uh, started, it was men creating this framework and they were men to see themselves as what's spreading the seed. So we're not going to spread the seed to these women because they have no value for us anymore they can't make babies they can't do anything so that's where it started and granted we're not in the dark ages like that but there's this thread of cultural shame there's this thread of the curse there's this thread of you're old you're dried up you know all of that that it's time to change because midlife I call it mod life is the most powerful time in a woman's life period I, I 100,000% agree. And I'm loving, I'm loving how you're, 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 you're teeing this up for the new, the new story. As I say, you know, we have these old stories in this world of what things were before, whether it's, you know, the, the menopause. I mean, I, I'm raising blind children. I'm like, blind. it is not a sad story. The blindest, right. I'm watching my kids. There's all these old stories and, and whatever the old story is that we, even the stuff we tell ourselves, that's what's holding everybody back. And it's like, it's, but we can tell a new story. Turn the page, turn the page. I love it. It is an old story. And I didn't realize that's, is that where the word men a pause came from? Uh, well, I think we just paused for men, but yeah, I do. <laughs> I think, I mean, they obviously, they, you know, the men, they usually script just about every story that we live and it's time for us to script our own story, right? 
Love it. You know, you, you actually, it's so funny, Kristen, to hear you say this, because this was something that Catherine Grace brought up to us before. I have it in my, my old notes, my new notes I'm taking now about <laughs> rewriting our stories, that we have to rewrite our stories. And, uh, you know, I think these things are so ingrained. You talked about this cultural idea and they're so deeply ingrained. Plus, there's a longevity thing here that that wasn't at issue before. I mean, we're all living longer and we're living healthier. So the old, like the old model really doesn't fit anymore, but we have to break that model and, and make and create a new one. So what happened when you found yourself like crashing, as you said, into this? Did you did you go on uh, on estrogen, on medication? What what were your initial steps? Because we don't often know where to start. So I'm a fixer as far as, you know, when I go through something, I am not just going to stick my head in the sand and go into denial. I am going to go figure it out. I always, um, I have been using both Western and Eastern medicine, primarily more Eastern alternative, but I always have a Western approach. There's always a Western doc medicine doctor there. I'm doing blood work. So when I went into my doctor, this was, you know, a big, big hospital um, facility in LA. Um, I had her monitoring all my blood work and she sent me to their endocrinologist and their endocrinologist looked at me and said, I don't believe in hormones. Like, I don't believe they exist. So I was like, okay. Uh, I think I'm going to go to someone else who might really understand this a little bit better. So I picked up the phone. I'm, you know, on with my naturopath and my functional nutritionist, the two of which both have tremendous experience in hormones, in HRT, in all of these things. So I started really with my functional nutritionist. And we honestly, I always try natural wellness first. I always try whatever I can do. There's a lot of things that you can do to raise your hormone levels, estrogen levels, um, in particular, soy for one, you know, edamame, eat the heck out of edamame. There are all kinds of things you can do. So I went on to a program with her and I tried it for a few months. I also tried some natural, say, estrogen cream products that were just like um, natural wellness products. Nothing budged. I mean, I threw everything in the kitchen sink at this with her assistance. And we we're like, OK, uh, symptoms are still off the charts. This is not helping me. So I am now going to um, investigate HRT. So then I went on to bioidentical HRT, hormone replacement therapy, and um, initially starting out really low levels as even right now, I am still regularly monitored through blood work. So I just have minimal dosages and they're through compounded prescriptions, compounded pharmacies. I have been using compounded pharmacies prescri prescriptions for over 20 years. Not so what do you mean by that? Let me, let me just ask that question. What do you mean by compounded? So a compounding pharmacy is what they generally use sort of in the world of natural wellness. Um, I have like creams that I put on. And so in a compounding pharmacy, those are literally compounded individually for each person who goes in there. So their doctor sends a prescription. There's not a mass, you know, a whole bunch of pills. A pharmacist takes it and fills, you know, a jar up and we all get the same thing. Compounding is individually done per patient. So hmm. it tends to be a little bit more costly. There's other ways to get it far more affordable these days. But for me, the bioidentical HRT was a lifesaver. So I started with um, estrogen slash estradiol. 
Um, we added in some progesterone. Progesterone immediately stopped the hot flashes. And I dabbled a little bit with testosterone um, for energy and all of that. I ended up, I rarely, rarely use it. So that's something that I found just, I just didn't really feel it um, resonated a whole lot with me. But um, the estrogen and the progesterone I am still on today. And I found that to just be literally life-changing, never a hot flash since. Um, I sleep about as well as, you know, I'm a pretty high energy person, so I can't <laughs> say I sleep a ton, but I sleep soundly versus how I used to sleep. There's no waking up in the middle of the night, all night long and tossing and turning and all that. Wow. So, so let's dive in for a hot second here. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> a hot flash second here. <laughs> Into when you're saying that midlife is is the most extraordinary time in a woman's life. And I gotta tell you, I mean, I'm I'm 51 and a half-ish, and I wholeheartedly believe that. And I gotta tell you though, about five years ago, never would have thought that that would be the case. What what's your take on that? That that is has been such a powerful time for you. Well, I do feel there are, you know, I don't know how many of the, with the women out there in our audience, men, women, men, maybe there's men out there too, but really have um, a deeply spiritual um, belief or connection. To me, it's like Brene Brown talks about this, the urgency of the middleness of life. And it's as though to me, it's like our soul, our spirit is really like pushing up in there and saying, hey, 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 like, are you going to get on track for why you're really here? Not what you were told to be, taught to be, should be, all those things, because that's really the beginning of our life. Midlife, midlife and beyond is really up to us. It's a time for us to create and think about it. Like everything falls away. If we are a mom, our children leave the nest. We tend to cling and go, oh no, but what does that do? It creates all of this beautiful space for us now to finally focus on ourselves and go, hey, who am I? What do I want out of life? Which is something, as you know, moms, is something most moms just never even contemplate until their kids have flown the coop and we've let go, finally resisted that empty nest that really is a beautiful thing. But it's also, if we look at astrology, we have North Node horoscopes on our blog. We have an astrology there. The North Node is something that actually heats up in our chart. It is our North Star, our soul's purpose, our true path in life. So we live the first half of our lives in our South Node. Our South Node is our program node. It is that thing, you know, your parents, your mom, my mom would say, you know, you're so smart. Forget about your beauty. Don't go that path. Fashion is artificial and superficial. And but it was big part of me and my what my heart just lit up over so that changes when we hit midlife all of a sudden it's like it's like your heart starts speaking and saying hey there's a reason that you love fashion it's not superficial artificial it's part of who you are it's creative expression what about travel what about cold water plunges you know all these things that i'm doing now literally I am a different person than I was a year ago. I'm a completely different person than I was five years ago. And that happens at midlife. There is this Phoenix rising effect. There are the ashes of your old self, your South node program self falling away. And the Phoenix rising is up to you to create this new life, this new direction. And, you know, tune into the your heart and the voice in there and the dreams that have been be it pushed down, repressed, suppressed for probably most of your life. So 
now's your time. <laughs> you know, this is so fascinating to me because that whole idea of we've we've done we've fought the good fight we've run the good race we've done all of our duties and i think that's the idea that when a lot of people have have thought that the duty is the whole purpose of life well i think it is at the time you're doing it obviously you have these responsibilities and you have to do it but to your point i think i myself and kristen and so many women that i know at this midlife stage are finally realizing that those sparks that 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 we had when we were younger they're still there you know and we've kind of had to we kind of had to put the wet blanket on them for a while so we could get everybody raised i always say you know your goal is keep your kids alive till the end of the day okay and then it's to get them out and and let them do their thing but when you feel that that those sparks are still there it's wonderful to recognize that not only are they there but now you can do something about it so how do you tell people to get started doing something about it? Well, what you were just talking about is so important. You're talking about the sparks and you're talking about duty. Okay, life comes with responsibilities, right? It comes with duties, things that we must do. But you tell me a single woman out there that is going to have those sparks come from something we must do, something we have to do. Most women that I talk to at midlife are exhausted from the duty side of things. They're exhausted from having to do all these things. Passion, purpose, creativity, those are all sparking things. Those are all things that light us up inside. So oftentimes when we're lost at midlife and we start waking up literally, it's going back to our childhood self, going back to, you know, for me, I would be out climbing trees. I There's a weeping willow tree out in the fields and it was far away and I would just go and find myself. And I've just recently realized this connection to willows have this incredible magical connection. And I just knew that innately as a child, it was my peaceful, happy place, climbing trees, hanging from the branches. But what that's telling me is nature, nature, nature. You're a boho nature girl go spend time in nature that lights my fire feeds my soul and my spirit I was never a writer when I started this whole blogging social media all of this inside I would say I'm not creative I'm ugly I'm not smart I'm not a writer all these I'm nots right that are not really from me they're from some other programmed you know voice that really repressed these things as I started doing those things, I was like, whoa, I love to write. I am a writer. Uh, I was terrified of public speaking. I love to get up in front of an audience. And I like all this stuff just comes through me versus the first time I did it, my knees were shaking and I could barely speak. But now that was just like the old self having to fall away before the real self kind of emerged going, hey, this is part of who I am. And in order to um, be able to really go out there and inspire people, we must use our voice, right? We must write or some way convey these messages to help inspire other women through our stories. Like you were saying, Kristen, you know, raising a blind child, that is huge. And yes, there's a duty part, but there's also just this massive, you know, heart part and passion part and love part that left you and changed you forever and also helped you now rewrite that story for yourself first and then for others that go this isn't a disability in so many ways she can see probably better than most of us because there's this inner vision right 
So it's, that's really midlife and beyond. It's up to us to change this story, to reframe this story. That's why I call it a mod life, you know, a modern midlife. It really is up to us. It's not what I saw with my mom and my grandmother, no shade on them. It was just a different time. And my grandmother was happy to rock in a rocking chair and live off my, you know, grandfather's pension. And she didn't really have any dreams or maybe she did, but it was a different time. So she wasn't really allowed to pursue that. We are, we are allowed to, because we must give ourselves that permission. You know, I love hearing you talk about that, that you went back to, to when you were a kid, what was, what was lighting you up? And I didn't even realize I did it out of self preservation when I was in the, in the throes of the beginning of my nightmare divorce. And I was so overwhelmed and unhappy and all, I just woke up one morning and I thought, when was I the happiest in my entire life? And it was 10 years old when I fell in love with soccer. And to this day, I will get out and, and kick a soccer ball around at least two or three times. They've even made space for me in the gym I go to when it's cold. And 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 they'll move some stuff out of the way and they have a soccer ball in there so that I can kick it around. And there's a lot of young athletes in there. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm 51 years old. <laughs> I wear my daughter's soccer jerseys. You know, I'm like, this is when I was I was rocking it and life was good. And I had I remember saying to my mom when I was 10, 10 rocks this is the greatest ever i remember my mom looking at me like what are you nuts you know but i, I just had to go back to and I'm, I'm trying to like put this in perspective for folks we have a, a lot of folks in our listenership that are just down and trying to figure out how to take that next right step i didn't know what i was doing you guys i just was like i need to find some kind of happy Kristen in there somewhere and i didn't even realize that from that just kicking that ball around, that thing I loved the most was going to open up, like you said, my creativity opened up, my my badass opened up because I was very talented in soccer. And all the all the old, the Kristen that was supposed to be in this world doing the things that I was meant to be, come through that, oddly enough, through kicking that ball around and, and getting back in touch with that, that story of Kristen. Um, thank you so much for sharing that, Kristen. That is a beautiful story. And that is also um, something that I think anyone else can kind of grab onto. And there's two reasons, at least in my experience, why that's so powerful, that when you were able to then pick up that soccer ball, you're transported to this younger self. So number one, you're probably in a very fully present state, right, where time just sort of melts away, and you are so blissful, that is really immersing yourself in the present moment. Number two, we have, I am a 60, almost 62 year old woman, but inside of me are all my younger selves, right? So you are deeply now connecting to a younger self inside of you that is fully alive, but we shush them down. We suppress them and we repress them now, shush, but we know that they're alive oftentimes because we're triggered. We have these things that happen to us. We, our feelings are hurt. And all of a sudden we realize it's really that 15 year old girl who was probably left out of something. And that's the wound that's still inside. Well, the wounds are still alive until we heal them. But also, so are all those beautiful things that we love. So if we take that younger self out, let her out, let her emerge and, you know, live now as a midlife and beyond woman, we integrate both selves and we start opening up joy. And, you know, that's when inspiration and creativity starts flowing through us. We don't really have to do anything because we're in this beautiful space of actually being. Wow. That's, hmm. that's 
so amazing. And it's that idea of being present that, that really interests me. Do you think that some of the hesitation was coming from, from modern, you know, the modern midlife woman, well, not even the hesitation. Do you think that that idea that Kristen said, like, I'm 51, I don't care anymore. Do you think there comes that point at which you go, Hey, I made it this far. I had all sorts of stuff thrown at me, bring it, don't bring it, but you can bring it. And I'm still going to come through it. But there is that strength that each one of those younger selves has built up that we can finally let loose because we don't really care that much what other people think. Has that been a part of it? And in the menopause piece of that, is that something to hold on to and go, look, girl, you don't have to care what anybody thinks anymore. You know what? I I think that's a really important conversation. You're bringing really into the vulnerability and authenticity piece, which Clearly, you know, I've spent an inordinate amount of time on TikTok and you look at these these youngsters. We grew up in the silent generation, right? For the most part. Um, I know, Kristen, you're a little bit younger, but but really overall, we were sort of told not to talk about these things. That's why it's like menopause. But no, we have to talk about these things. And the younger generations, they're and we're all sort of hungry we're thirsty for real vulnerability real authenticity rather than this perfected like you know i showed you guys earlier just so your audience can see this is my living room right now it's all perfect <laughs> right here that really this is really a metaphor for ourselves because you know we have all this stuff inside of ourselves and we spend our lives hiding right when really the attractor factor is when we open up and we're real and we open up our hearts and we go, okay, I've been through this and I've been through this and I've been through this and I've been through this. And I was shaming myself for, you know, all these things. Now I'm realizing that's my strength because I did get through this and I did get through this and I did get through this and I did get through this. So I can get through anything. And I do think we get to a point where the facade, the stuff we're carrying around is so heavy and so hard to hold up that we're like okay and we let start letting it down and we start realizing people are coming in and they want more of that and they want more of me being real and more of me saying okay I struggled with this and I struggled with that but every struggle I overcame and the more struggles I overcame I built more character. I built more belief. I built more confidence. So there's a silver lining in all of that. And I do think you get to midlife and you've built all of these amazing things and you can let the facade fall away. And what's left is so important, that beautiful, vulnerable, pure heart and the stories of the things that you've overcome. And you start believing in yourself going, whoa, look at me. Yeah. And I'm not going to buy into anyone else's beliefs because that didn't really serve me. So I'm going to create my own story about myself and I'm going to live that story. Awesome. You know what I love too about midlife? I look back and and I did have, I'm, I'm, I'm quite the perfectionist and I was always like the, the one that figured things out and had a lot of success. So then when I would screw up, I would sit in that like, oh, how did I let that happen? Right now I find myself I look back like like I just had a, a situation where where in a business deal that it, that it wasn't going very well, right? And I was like, oh, 
I remember this kind of person. I I got screwed over years ago when I was trying to do And I'm like, oh, that was my training ground. I messed that up. And now I know exactly how to deal with this. So now I'm like, where else did I have big failures? And let me make a list <laughs> of what I learned that I can go, ha, I screwed that up before. So I know how to deal with you now. Like now I'm like, bring it. You know, that's one of the things I love the most about this age that I have so many fails. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no one's doing that again. I can smell it a mile away. <laughs> well, think about how, how many times you failed every time you fail. Ultimately, you're going to succeed. But the more failures really tend to lead to more successes, I think. Anyway, yeah. Because you've done these things and every time you pivot, you go, okay, that didn't work. So I'm going to try this. And then when something comes up and you fail at something, you're like, okay. You know, like you said, it, it doesn't mean we're perfect and we don't have those moments where we're like, Wah. but we do, <laughs> but we brush ourselves off and we go, okay, that didn't work. So let's try something else. And we have a pretty big big toolbox now at midlife and beyond that we've tried all these things. These things may not work, need to leave our toolbox. These things we brought in. Let me try this and let me try this. We talk so much about transferable skills and how you can transfer pieces of your skill set and all that. But I think I, I keep coming back to this idea of all the younger selves in us. And if we acknowledge that we can transfer the pieces of those people who are still living inside of us into these modern um, experiences that we're having and and allow ourselves, I, I think too, and, and let me know if you agree with this, I think that we can also turn to our advantage the lack of expectation that people have for women in midlife. We can turn that to our advantage and go, oh, really? You don't think I can do it? All right, I'm going to show you. I don't <laughs> care what you think, but I'm going to school you and what I can do. And how about the lack of expectation for ourselves? You yeah. know, so if anything, that has been something, at least in my life, my experience, I had to overcome a lot. I had a very low bar for myself, right? Um, and now I have a pretty high bar for myself and not every day is perfect. We all have to dust ourselves off, you know, pick ourselves up again, like you were saying, Kristen. But I do think that it is so important at this age that to set that bar, not like, overly high but also go yeah I expect this because I can do this and I'm going to let go of that story that has been holding me back I was talking to a friend of mine just yesterday maybe um, day before yesterday she is in her mid-50s and she was sharing with me that she had called her sister because she's been dealing with a self-worth issue over the last year and she's like her husband said what did Catherine say she said I've never even told her this is one of my best friends who's been holding on to this story for the last year that has been holding her back but ultimately she called her sister and her sister said you do know that comes back from like when you were like 10 years old with mom so what I'm going to tell you guys the cool part of this is and we all have these things that stemmed in childhood stemmed in middle school stemmed in high school stemmed in college whatever it was we have these wounds inside of us. The cool thing is if you connect a situation in current day to a situation that happened then energetically. So if you're going through something now and you go, oh, I get it. I felt like that when I was 10 years old. You go back, you pull that inner child out at that age. You start holding them and giving them all kinds of love and helping them to heal that. You heal it currently. You, you literally, that's the way energy works. So you take a situation, you use that as fuel to heal your younger self and also to fuel you and push you forward in your current life and go, this is not holding me back 
any longer done new story. And that is healed and done. Awesome. I want to share with you real quick for, for that, that piece of people having low expectations and it keeps so many people stuck because they don't believe that, that they can, you know, achieve because of the low expectations. I actually learned from my oldest blind son, he gets a kick out of, and he said this in an interview, he graduated Penn state last year and they did a big story on him because of all of his success. And he said, when they asked him, you know, the world doesn't expect much of a blind person. And Michael's like, that cracks me up and fuels me to say, watch me, watch this. What? And he's like, the only thing I wish I could see the look on their face. Cause as he goes, you know, <laughs> and it leaves them in the dust, but it, but it, it really started to reframe my mind because I used to feel like that was a burden, right? That that when people have low expectations, that it, that is a burden that we have to come out from under. And he was like using it as a springboard, like, oh, you don't think I'm not only going to meet that, I'm going to blow it out of the water. So I completely look at, at low expectations differently now, like, okay, watch me. This will be fun. Isn't that amazing? Oh my God. That's a great story. Thank you for sharing. Congratulations to your son. That is huge and something to be hugely celebrated and talk about transforming the way we see blindness in this world from that story alone. Right. And even, even like all the, the, uh, the moms that are sending their, you know, the kids off to college or they're going to be out of the house, go send them because now Michael's working at Disney and I go visit him and I get, I get free park days. He treats me to the parks. Like, let them soar. Let them go. <laughs> let that young, let that little child out there at Disney. I mean, nothing better. Nothing better. Not there is nothing better. I just got back from there last week. Um, okay, so first of all, thank you so much for for sharing your perspective on all of this with us because we do sometimes, very often, feel invisible at that certain certain point in life, and this is very freeing to recognize that that not only can the low expectations work for you and not not against you, but that we can take that piece that you just talked about, about giving your inner child some love. I often look back at my younger self who was very scared and very timid and very, and I just, I talk to her sometimes. I know I sound like a nut, but I literally talk to her and go, you know what? You're okay. It's going to be all right. You're smart. You're fun. It, it's you're great. It'll be all right. And you're not disappointing anybody. And I think when we come at modern life with that way, that, that idea and that knowledge, we really can be capable of so many things. But before we, we leave this conversation, I want to get your prescription, for lack of a better word, for how to approach and deal with menopause and people who are, because a lot of it is mental. It can, people can really experience mental challenges too. So with this combined East West approach, tell me how you would kind of give us a little bit of a blueprint for how to deal with menopause. Well, for one, I think it's really personal. So I, I, I want to um, just start there and say what I would do isn't necessarily what maybe you would do, what Kristen would do and other women out there. So it's really individual. Think of um, how you went through puberty, right? We all had different experiences when we went through our periods, what age you were, what your experience was. So we are all individual. We've all had, you know, different health challenges. We have different genetics. So what is, you're going to choose is different than for me. So I would say 
for me, I already knew I was an East West girl. I worked with integrative medicine. I knew that I wanted to be monitored in the Western world, but I knew most likely I was going to choose something that was more um, alternative natural wellness because that's what's worked for me. So I think it's really important to, you know, who do you trust? Where would you go? For me, I started, like I said, with my doctor, but then I was like, okay, endocrinologist, eh, I'm going to go over to my functional nutritionist and my naturopath, both of whom I still work with today, because those are people that I really, really trust. But I also have now a lot of my own basis. So it's not like I call them all the time when I need them. So I have um, my own prescriptions for wellness. And for me, that also means like you were saying, menopause is a mind F-U-C-K. Sorry. It just is it <laughs> really messes. It can mess with you. It messed with me terribly. So it's really, really important to take care, take care of this because it's so easy to spiral into depression. When we're talking about our hormones, when we're talking about them being out of balance and out of whack, it affects everything. It affects your, um, your attitude in life, your positivity, it can cause depression. Um, you know, your skin dries out, your hair dries out, you don't sleep, your energy, you start shrinking back, pulling away from friends, maybe doing things because you're not feeling so good. And what does that do causes more depression, right? Isolation, disconnection. So it's really important to be real with yourself. It's really important to do whatever it is that makes you feel good. If it's therapy, do that. If it's going out and spending, you know, time in nature, do that. If you do both, you know, probably doubly good, but whatever it is for me, it's meditation, 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 every single solitary day, no matter what. Um, it's also spending time in nature. It's also getting in ice cold water. So it's exercise because if I don't feel good about myself, eat the right things, exercise, meditate. Um, I don't feel my best at almost 62. I can be exhausted with all the things on my plate. So let's be real. I have to do those things in order for me to feel my best. And menopause, it, it is a little bit like a train wreck coming through with your hormones and everyone's hormones are going to be different. So be mindful, be aware talk about it, go to your doctor. When you actually um, look at the information on doctors, they just recently started even incorporating menopause training in med school. Like it really hasn't even been like, they're not versed in it. That's why they really don't even know how to talk about it. And most of them, we've just at a tipping point. I think it's 51% women now um, going into med school, but in general, it's been more male doctors in there. So they are not versed in menopause. They've never experienced it. A lot of them don't even understand it. So find the places and the resources that are right for you. Find the people that you trust to guide you through. Find those things, pull those things out of your toolbox. What helps you to feel your best? Do those. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us, for sharing your, first of all, your outlook and your, your wealth of information. We're so grateful for that. Not only, not only for our audience, but Kristen and I always say we do the show. That's for everybody else, but it's really for us. So thank you for that. <laughs> and now tell everybody else where we can find your modern midlife fierceness all over social. You got it. Thank you guys so much. It is always when your email comes in, I, I have to admit these days I've been so buried in work that I don't tend to all my emails, but you guys, it comes in. It's like top of the heap. Let's get these. <laughs> you're like, oh my God, you are just I feel the same way about you. Sunshine. 
I love you guys. I love you guys. I get to spend time with you every day. So uh, yeah, you can find me everywhere. You just Google me. I'm all over the place. So Instagram, that's Catherine Grace. pretty much everywhere. Instagram, Facebook. I have my Facebook community. It's Forever Fierce Midlife Matters. I am um, on TikTok. I'm over on YouTube. I'm pretty, I'm pretty much everywhere. My blog, CatherineGraceO.com and podcast, you know, pretty much at, like I said, just Google me. You You can't miss me out there. And we don't want to miss you because you are a light. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. All right, you guys, and let's change this. No more four letter words. Menopause. Yeah, we're pausing men so we can focus on ourselves. There you go. Oh, there you go. And that's one to grow on. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks everybody for tuning in. And um, the email that Catherine was just talking about, you can get to your own inbox every week. The brilliance bit, we deliver a less than one minute read to keep you living brilliantly resilient. Get it at brilliantlyresilient.net. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Brilliantly Resilient podcast. Join our Facebook group and follow us on YouTube to be inspired with tools to reset, rise, and reveal your brilliance.